so I, I know it's only, uh, you know, for those that don't know, we, we record these episodes on Tuesday and I know it's only Tuesday right now, but so, um, my wife and I decided to take the week off, right? Use up the rest of my, my PTO for the year until it re- resets. Um, to just have a week reset. Off. October. It resets in October. For me. Oh, that's not too um, bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fiscal, just fiscal year rather than calendar year. Calendar physical. year. Yes. Physical, 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 yeah, physical, 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 physical year, siblings, siblings, siblings. So we decided to we decided to take the yeah take the rest of the week take the week off, and and then just do things that that help enrich Parker's you know kind of day right. So we we went to we went to a water park yesterday, went to the zoo today. Um, I think we're making a trip to Ikea at some point and then we're having like a relaxing day. Um, nice. And, it's my, it's, and then we're having like a combined um, birthday for my, my mother and father-in-law uh, sometime this weekend. And let me tell you guys something. I have never been one to, to complain about work, but when you don't have to worry about work or the dread of knowing that you have to go into work the following day, your it's life nice. just feels so much more lighter and brighter, and and it just I feel way <laughs> more enriched than I have in a very long time. It's so weird, man. Like yeah, we're, we're not even doing, yeah, we're not even doing anything particularly like you know we're we're not we're not going on vacation. We haven't gone to another country or another city or whatever, right? We're not doing any 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 like overnight stays because our dog is is kind of like poorly, so we haven't been able to go anywhere, you know overnight but the fact that we're just doing things because they're you know they're, they're fun and 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 not have to go oh god now i have to go back to work tomorrow it, it's like it's like freeing man like i don't know how i don't know how to describe it it's, we, it's we weren't made to work a nine to five go home mm-hmm. sleep do it again every fucking day it's nice man especially as, not as a survival mechanism like oh i work to make somebody else money mm-hmm. <laughs> well they pay me some though unfortunately i've been yeah. doing that for like the last uh 20 years two, two well two years One. i think the last vacation i took was in 2021 and that was yeah, yeah that was when built highways came out um yeah so it's been two years i've been working every day for the last two years and it's just yeah, it's like a grindstone all the way down to the mm-hmm. axle. It's like I can't. Just looking forward to the weekend. That's about it. Yeah, and then yeah, we need. We both needed a reset. Like Laura was was. She was like, she. I've had enough. I need. I need some. I need mm. something. We went to Disney a couple months ago. Like even though there was a lot going on in terms of Disney, oh, it was so nice. I left my phone at home. I didn't bring my laptop. Nothing. I forgot I even had a job. It was great. <laughs> and then I gave myself like two days before going back to work after we came back home. And I was just like moseing around. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go to work. It didn't suck until the last day where I'm like, ah, shit, I got to go to work. I probably got a million emails. <laughs> it's like the dread started sleep, the whole Sunday night dread. But, oh, it's, yeah, when you get that week long, just drop everything and just be where you are. It's great. The live to work American mentality needs to needs to die. It needs to go mm-hmm. away. It needs to it needs to not be the uh, the 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 thing the number one thing that that people are doing in this country. Mm-hmm. Like learn from other countries, man. Like like oh, you know, the, on your on the first day of any jo- any full time work you have in the UK, you immediately get three weeks of PTO. That's nice, right? Like my yeah, first, my first. It? My first, yeah, you can. My first okay. year of uh, working, <laughs> working at this this company, um, I, I had like I think three days of PTO, or is it three days? Yeah, not much. Like I didn't have a lot, man. Like, and and I, I've been in there. I've been there That's for your almost first year. Yeah, I've been Fuck. I've been there for like I've been there for like six years at this point, and I'm still only at two weeks, I think. They throw PTO at us. Like, so I had the whole incident with my gallbladder. I took two weeks off, one for being in the hospital, the other one for recovery. And then they were like, well, you can either go on disability or use the rest, you know, take, I was like, no, I'm going to see if I can work from home. So I spent a total of like 12 days. I had four days left of PTO. A year later, I had three times that. I get a, a day and a half every month. 
Tough, so in man. a year, you can easily get more than a, a two weeks vacation. It's rough. The problem is I can't use it all that much. So I use it during like the holidays or when work's slow, which is never. Yeah. And we also have to get away from that mentality that we're not allowed to use that. Yeah. Because we should. You should we use won't, it. won't, though. As a country, I, the people who control that aren't going to give us that leeway. When I worked at the metal shop, they gave us, eventually they started to be kind of cool to us. At first, it was just like working for a small company. You get nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, though, they started giving us like, um, like a salary guys are, since we only got the same amount of pay, if we worked over time, mm-hmm. we would, we could bank hours. Oh, and they cool. would like, so for every hour over time, over time you worked, you got an hour and a half of mm-hmm. vacation time. Nice. Right. So there will be times when I would close out the year having taken, you know, all my vacation that I could possibly take within the year and still having like, you know, 70 days of fucking or like, <laughs> you know, use or lose at that point. Ridiculous amount. Yeah. Just a ridiculous amount of stuff. Maybe 70 days is a bit of an exaggeration. Maybe it was more like 30 days or something like that. But I had like a whole month of built up accrued time that I worked over that I didn't get paid for. And they had begrudgingly had to pay me out on because they didn't want it to roll over into the next year. Cause they're real weird with their books. <laughs> it's a uh, funny enough. Uh, my company won't let you sell your PTO unless you've taken 10 consecutive days off in the year. Huh? So if you're over and you have, you're at a use or lose, unless you've taken 10 consecutive days off, you can't sell your overage. You just lose it. So yeah. they force you to go on vacation just to be able to sell anything else you have. Well, because they know that we incur so much. Because most that, of these guys don't go on vacation that much. The year that I had like all that extra time built up at the mm-hmm. end of the year, like I guess it was probably more than a month or something. I like jokingly said, I could just take the rest of the year off, mm-hmm. you know, like leave for Thanksgiving and then take the rest of the year off. And like, I'll see you guys in January. Yeah. And still get the a boss is like, <laughs> the bosses went pale. Yeah, because of yeah, what I did for that. the company, you know, like yeah, would have been bad. I haven't been on vacation in like a real vacation for more than a couple of days. In it's like 2019, right? Wait, hold on. Didn't you go on uh, some cabin he did. trip? He did uh, a little cabin trip. Week? Yeah, and that was in 2021. No right? way! Oh, I was in 2021. I recently uh, went to PA that? for the weekend, and that was like. A day or two, I wasn't really like count. a vacation. That's not a yeah. I wouldn't yeah, call that a when you do weekend yeah. trips. I don't yeah. count those. That was That's a, a getaway. Break. That's a getaway. Yeah. 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 But uh, I don't want to. I have PTO, and I think it's like I don't know. I have a shit ton of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to take them and then use money to go on vacation because I'm trying to save money. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like if someone was like, "Here's an all expenses paid vacation," I'd go. I'd use my PTO and I'd fucking go. But yeah. right, I'm not trying to do that right now. I can use I your PTO for finishing projects. Yeah, <laughs> like I did during the holidays. I just took a week off so I could paint the house and then fuck around. But I think that's the problem. It's not that people don't have vacation times to take. They don't have the money to actually take a vacation because no one wants to do a staycation at home. That, that's only got so much. They want to escape their entire environment, but you can't afford to do that because that's expensive. I mean, fuck, just going to work and paying for gas is almost causing an, a, a red for most people in, in their, their budgets. So you expect them to take the time off and then pay more money out of the norm to go enjoy themselves. That's a tough sale for most people. You know, yeah, they want, they don't want to be at work anymore, but can they even afford to do anything other than stay at home for the time that they're off? Not to change the subject, but someone <laughs> made a flashlight that looks like the vessel that <laughs> got imploded towards the Titanic. Oh, <laughs> oh the fucking submarine. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> twisted. That's enough internet for me for the day. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm good. Holy what shit. Time to turn what off does the... one have as a fucking pound oh, town you, on that? You, hold on. <laughs> you, you see all this crap, right? And you share it, and that's fine. I tell you about the island, boys. All of a sudden, I'm the villain. <laughs> oh my god. That's the most <laughs> fucking disturbing monster. thing. <laughs> that's the most oh. fucking disturbing thing I've ever seen.
welcome to the Built Sideways Podcast. I'm your host for the evening, Julio Ponte, Clipping Nubs. With me, I have Kyle Harris, the Clueless Gumpla Builder. We got Hi. Chris Pabs. I'm Chris back. Pabs. <laughs> back. Chris and Brian Dinklow, the Bro That's Builder. Me. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. My back hurts. <laughs> my back. My back. I'm back. You got a head full of snakes. <laughs> After 35, your back just hurts all the time. Oh, yeah. Not so, true. Truly. Yeah. Amy was complaining about that because now her job has gone from like working directly with the kids to now she sits at a desk writing programs for the therapist to work with the kids and she's like yeah my back's been really bothering me i was like welcome to desk life you need to stretch more <laughs> you need to stretch those hammies out on your hips she's like oh really i'm like yes i have to do it every day or else i'm gonna be lower back problems all the fucking time that shit's rampant you gotta walk man you gotta take you gotta go for a walk I you do. gotta learn i to walked stretch. the entire site i did a tour today taking some of the design guys through the building it's just you sit in the chair just long enough, six hours on that. I've always had bad flexibility, so that didn't help with age. But yeah, it's my knees are a problem now. Um, I need to start stretching, stretching to get it better. Yeah, stretch. Then, you, then you won't have back problems. Just you go get the shots. Back discomfort, bro. <laughs> the cortisone shots. Yeah, go get shots. Fuck it. The cordy shots. We're in the future now. Just get the Bane mask. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I believe Michael Jackson called it his milk. Yeah. <laughs> the milk of magnesia. <laughs> it's night <Nanai> juice. <clears throat> so tonight we have a, a suggestion from one of our listeners. And he wanted to talk about posing. And we posing. started talking about how posing is a part of presentation and how we should discuss presentation in general. Mm. Mm. Sounds mm. fantastic. I can't wait. You guys all <laughs> present differently, you know? That's <laughs> true. I, like to, I really like to use my plumage. <laughs> like a, a like peacock strutting his yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, feathers. That's I'm how more, we roll, baby. I'm more of a dancer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Move around. This is real nice. Oh, you, you oh, haven't lived until you've seen Julio. you've seen Julio's tippy taps, man. Yeah, like, you gotta see them tippy taps. Ballerina shit. Don't call me Twinkle Toes for nothing. <laughs> dance all day. Just dance all day. Run through the whole entire lineup of Fortnite dances. <laughs> Kevin Bacon ain't got shit on him. I could I could have done not seeing your your floss your floss pick or whatever the fuck that was. Floss pick. <laughs> Fort, Fort, Fortnite. Dance. The floss, the flossing, yes. You know, one day you gotta, you know, move to this country or something. <laughs> Pick up on the slang that's going down, Pabs. I don't know anything, man. All right, I, I'm happy living in my little world of nothingness. <laughs> it gets exposed enough to my dialect. I don't think he needs to know what the rest of the world's saying. Yeah. I gotta nip it in the butt. You know what I mean? Yeah, just nip it in the butt. <laughs> He's getting a nipple in the butt. Yeah. Yeah, snip it in the butt, that. guys. Just snip it in the butt. Anyway, so um, presentation. I think this this is uh, this has been the problem with me, and it's something I've said constantly in, in a lot of different platforms. Right? Um, I've said it during um, a Zacharelius uh, stream and a talk during critical builds during this podcast. Like it's something I've talked about at at length because I feel like people are doing such a disservice to their own hard work whenever they don't present their work to the best of their ability because either they don't want to learn a new skill or they don't want to develop uh, uh, a, a skill they already have um, and they're happy to just kind of, you know, do whatever. But you guys put so much work into your into your builds, or some of you do anyway. Why, why would you not present it in a way that shows it the, in the best light possible? And I'm not talking about lighting. I'm talking just in general. Yeah, that's a whole different lighting yeah. is a whole different episode. Whole nother beast. Yeah. But you know, present it to to be how you want it to be seen. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a silly it's a it's a very simple notion, I feel like. But you know, I know people don't have a lot of time or they don't have the don't, uh, the capacity. I don't think they, they see the vision, you know, like well, they're like, oh, this is cool. I want to make this work. 
but then they they put it and they take a picture about of it and they're just like whoa like i don't even know how to do this you know what i mean (sighs) well i yeah it's that's the thing i I think they have the vision they know what they want to do but they don't quite know how to get there how to get there Mm. exactly like there's there's a path for certain things and i'm sure we'll go over that a little bit before uh but really quick i want to take a step back in time and talk about uh, back in the day <laughs> all right so yeah um uh back in the day wanting to photograph models or action figures or anything you know toys cool shit when you're a kid back in the day you, you would put your stuff together or even like i would build cool crazy stuff out of lego and i would like put it all up i'd pose it i'd put like a background backdrop and stuff like that and i take my 35 millimeter camera and i take a you know, zip, 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 you know, wind the film, you know, take a couple of photos, eventually take it to get it developed, eventually get it back and then look at the photos and be like, oh, well, that isn't quite what I thought I was seeing through the viewfinder or what I thought I was trying to take a photo of. Yeah. And that is just a product of the technology at the time. And those are the things you have to do. Like you used to have to send money away and wait six on weeks you know, send a check away and then wait six weeks to get something back. Now you can just like do it on the internet and get it next day. Amazon. Yeah. Um, same thing goes with photography now. So all of these devices that can take photographs and you get to see directly what you're working with. So I feel like that is a benefit for when, you know, we get to talking a little bit more about, you know, some theories or like rhyme and reason behind that, that we do have that luxury. Now the, the kids and ourselves have that luxury to see directly what we're doing. You get to see without having to wait to develop a photograph or anything like that. You get to see it so you can directly affect it. And yes, it means you have to take a ton of photos. Don't get, don't feel like, oh, I should only have to take four or five photos. How many, how many photos do you guys take? Fucking hundreds, dude. You know, per pose or per angle of pose, you know? The last, the last like finished build, which was the double Zeta. I, I believe I had 382 photos taken. But I had to build down to 10, I think. I right. To. And that's because, yeah. and you're also like, I would, I would call, uh, you know, professional or semi-professional photographer, Chris, you have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and you know exactly what the fuck you're trying to do. Like a guy like me who relies on you to help me solve my shit. I end up taking like 200, 300 photos to try to find 10 ones that are the proper focus that are the proper, because I'm an idiot when it comes to the machine, you know, I don't know how to use it very well. You know, the funny thing is, um, even, I mean, I, you know, I have a circle of of friends who are very good and professional photographers who still, who who still take 300 to 400 shots per shoot because you don't, there's, you know, there's a, depending on the, the subject, there are things that you just don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you're doing live photography, yeah, there's a specific angle or a specific moment or a specific uh, change in light, um, and it's something that you know people don't realize. You know, a lot of people just think, "Oh man, you know, I'm going to take these ten photos and call it a day. It's going to look great." But taking a million photos is, has helped me kind of find like the perfect, not not perfect, but you know, a really great pose or a really great angle I wasn't really thinking about until I tried it. You know, right? It's just. But one of those things, man. You just gotta. Is it, is it safe to say that you've had several sessions where you've done that? You've taken like the you've done the exploratory work of posing, photographing, lighting, adjusting to where you could potentially now you know have a kind of that shortcut where you know kind of what pose is going to be right and wrong within a reason. Well, that's that's actually the the an area of mine that I need to work on more because I am I am the 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 fuddy duddy boring dude, fuddy duddy, fuddy duddy boring dude who who has his his kits. Can we turn it into a Can we turn that into a slur? Fuddy duddy. <laughs> yeah, it's like really fuck with people. That'd be incredible. I can't <laughs> believe you're so, you've been such a fuddy duddy. Fuddy duddy. Such a fuddy duddy. He's such a man. Look at this fuddy um, duddy right here. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. It's like I I I'm that type of person that poses the kit, um, you know, kind of in the most basic way possible, right? A stance, um, S pose, uh, and then call it a day. Yeah, because I I want the the details of the. Explain an A pose for the uninitiated. An A pose? 
Yeah, like, so essentially, the kit is rep- represented in the way that that's shaped like an A, right? So, um, oh, the, so the like legs are the, kind of played apart. I saw the village people do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the hands up and <laughs> over the head. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. one way to do it. Oh, okay. Um, no, yeah. So like- legs played out, uh, pointed uh, in a kind of a forty-five degree angle on opposite directions. Oh, okay. Oh, and then the yeah. arms are yeah, yeah. right. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like it, yeah, I like to, I like the details of the kit be what speaks to people whenever they look at an image of what I'm trying to show yes. them. It's foreboding. What's Posing. that? Cause there's, you got the Strong. A, the A pose or whatever you just called it. What's the one where it's like, you know, the crotch is kind of like standing out a little bit and the oh, chest is a little yeah. bit farther back. Like the waist a, is like forward. A, yeah, the yeah. waist is forward, and like that's there's a oh, different. God, right. the, we we've spoken about the name of this at length, Ryan. You said it just like at least three times, and it's on this podcast. But I can never remember it. I call it the S pose or the hero pose, but oh, the hero pose. Oh, yeah, the, the yeah, Japanese yeah. builders do that a lot. The waist mm-hmm. forward, the the shoulders and the head kind of looking down and foreboding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a common one as well. Usually, the photo is taken from a slightly lower angle, like pointing up mm-hmm. slightly, showing scale. Really try to belie the scale of the, the model so, itself all right guys we, we've talked a lot about like the photography aspect and how you translate that oh, through but let's say i'm putting in uh like a diorama or, or a single build in a competition i have to obviously present my build in the best way possible photos aren't going to be used because it's in person so you know we, we mentioned the a pose what about some more dynamic poses where it's showing motion like the whole lunge forward you know the, the knee close to the chest showing like a sprint motion with kits so it shows movement in motion you know, like okay that. so when it comes to when it comes to stuff like that um and again for when it comes to, to posing people don't think about this when they do the, their posing it's it's supposed to be a snapshot in time Mm-hmm. So you t- you know, if it were, if you it's it's as if you were there and you had paused that one moment, and now you're looking at it through your perspective of how of how this this moment is playing out. Um, people don't think about it that way. People think about it like as if okay, well, if I'm gonna I'm gonna have him look like he's shooting at that dude over there, or you know, have <laughs> right. him run, look like as if he's running over there. Pew, pew. No, don't don't think about it that way. Think about what the what the narrative of this entire thing is. You know why is why did you want that 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 kit running from from here to there? Like, what was the purpose? If it give if you have a purpose, if you have a sense of purpose about how this thing is going to be posed, it allows you to think about the narrative and the way it should be posed a lot easier. Um, I, I get this. I, I I got that from um, a lot of uh, hot toys posers, like a lot of hot toys um, mm-hmm. photographers who yeah, figure like yeah. Yeah, they like, they like to take their seven hundred dollar plus whatever figure and and take pose and and you know pose those in a certain G. way, right? I they always think of it as a moment in time and not just mm. oh, this is going to be a cool looking thing because it it when you think about it that way, it doesn't it might not translate and it, and that makes it difficult. However, if you start to be able to see the narrative upon how it's how what mm. story you're telling through this through this diorama or through, through this thing, it's it's just easier to kind of. Um, create an imagery around that and make it better. Yeah. One of the, the problems I've always seen when people try to do that, like they have the, the they have the forethought of what they're trying to, like, oh, let me show it. But the way they do it, it's not natural. Like I, I find myself physically doing the pose or the positioning to see, okay, how is my body going to be constricted? What are some of the limitations based on my, my ligaments and the lengths and stuff? How would I reach for this? How would I go to grab? How would I run to this in like a sporty athletic manner? What would my body look like when I do that? And a lot of times, like the biggest egregious thing I've always seen with people that I would say like a failure in presentation in terms of like Gumplo robotics is humanoid figures, I should say, is it's, it's not natural. Like you've ever seen those ones where it shows Gumplo walking out of the water kind of thing, but the way the feet and the ankles are, you're like, you would never put your weight on that. Like that. even if it's a robot, it just wouldn't work that way with the mechanics of the, the system, like the hydrant, the pistons and all that, and in our case, muscles and all that and tendons. 
you do the pose, do the, the movement and see how you're like, what is your foot placement? How would you do this? How do you distribute your weight? Because the robot's doing the same damn thing. Even if it's a different structural system, it still has to shift its load and carry the weight. And that's always like the rigid form. I'm like, yeah, I get it's a robot, but there is still some looseness to it because it has to transfer the weight as it moves, you know. Do those exercises yourself to really get in demonstration. I mean, for my famine build, I had to go through different poses and stretch to go, okay, could I reach this with my arm length? Does that make sense to hold it like this? No, that doesn't. I would do this. So I like I didn't even think about it. I was like, okay, I am the robot. I'm gonna I'm grabbing onto this piece of space as I'm falling. How would that look? And I did the movement, I was like, oh shit. The pose I currently have in it doesn't make sense because I just did a pose that was like you know, seamless. I didn't have to think about it. My muscles didn't went with the, you know, the least path of resistance. It did that with what felt natural. That's a way better pose. It's more organic. It makes more sense to what, you know, a humanoid figure, a robot would do because they're under the same limitations. And that made me change it. So, I mean, the biggest suggestion I could say to avoid that failure is do the pose, do the movement or see references because then you're like, oh yeah, that's what would naturally that's how it would look that's how it would move because of the same limitations that we have as well wow holy shit kyle <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, to, just to corroborate what what kyle had spoken in, just to corroborate what kyle had been saying at length right um i recently watched uh i can't remember who the animation studios i think it was either trigger or mappa studios out in japan um and I'd, I'd watch this video of him, um, you know, creating uh, an animation cell um, of uh, a character going through some some emotions, right? And he, at every kind of emotional change, he would take a selfie of himself, kind of portraying that emotion, and then apply, trying to apply that to the character on paper. Um, I think, to, yeah, take that mentality with you when when you're posing. It's 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 such a silly thought when you're trying to recreate something in real life, um, mm. or trying to recreate like a, a pose with your own body. But your your own body is the perfect mannequin to try to do this without, you know, without um, potentially damaging anything, like mm -hmm. on, on your kid. Yeah. That could be that could that could be a thing that could happen. Um, you know, it's just it's it's very. God, I don't know how to how to say this, but it's like, it's like I don't. This is like very kind of basic, like first floor thing, where it when it comes to pr presentation, it's just if you just apply even ten percent of effort into into it, it it matters. It helps. It it yeah. it elevates. A little goes it's, a long way. A little goes a really long way. Give him an way. inch and a mile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel, Brian? So I'm. Well, I, I always feel all sorts of ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's got feelings. I've been. Uh, uh, I've been sitting here thinking as you've been talking and listening to what Kyle's saying about posing and pebs's reinforcement and his own takes on things uh in regards to the animation the selfies and that and i keep thinking looking back up to my a book that i got a very fucking long time ago called how to draw comics the marvel way mm. by uh stan lee and john mm. mushima and i got it in the early 90s and i read that book inside out upside down and nine nine ways from sunday um but in there there is a section on posing for illustration and it has it goes through and this one particular one it's like a throwing a punch just super simple superhero guy throws a punch and in the way that it's illustrated out by bushima it's um it goes through all the entire range everything is swung like it's all generalized but it's all there and, and it labels it out like weak medium strong medium weak you know and then it's through like the whole thing and, it, and that actually makes a, a difference in regards to how that pose that you might be uh, trying to attain Kyle to help figure out where to put your, your thing, but it adds, mm -hmm. it's helps to try and add a little bit of what Chris was talking about by adding the emotion, which is what you're yeah. really trying to convey it, by creating I mean, that pose. So you have to, it, it don't expect that just because you're on the floor doing, uh, yeah, you know, the fuck is that? Uh, God damn it. 
the hero the game with the with the colored dots on the floor and you spin the wheel i'm drawing a blank oh, twister twister Anyhow, twister yeah. twister thank you you're not playing twister yeah. on the floor or whatever trying to figure out a pose um yeah it might be just a good place to start but don't get discouraged and, and keep trying i think oh yeah and there's a variety of you know, like brian was saying you have different um for lack i can't say this word dynamic dynamic oh, fucking it's not dynamic it's right. Like the, the action of, and yeah, it's, that's that word. You have different ranges of that word, um, and that where you get certain, yeah, certain um, like high, medium, low. Like, yes, it could be throwing a punch, so it is correct to how it would look phonetically, you know, in, in terms of how arm swings and how you would throw your body into it, kind of thing. But certain parts of it, you know, whether it's fully outstanding or closer to chest or mid range, have a different impact on the overall like oh shit like getting it before he cranks it back and not really saying much getting at the end of the punch you're like well unless there's someone on the other end receiving it what the fuck is going on you just throw in some air jabs airbender over here you know and so that brings up another point that like not every pose is the best pose sometimes there's poses with greater impact depending on again back to what Pat was saying what you're trying to say what is the story what is going on in terms of the action like you know is it better to get them at the beginning of the leap or right when they're about to strike on their victim whatever you know i say that the goof killing the, the gun can in this instance or if we go more traditional when the bomb is about to hit the tank you know do you show it when it's about to hit or do you show it right when it's hitting and the explosion's happening but they haven't been engulfed in flames yet so everyone's kind of being pushed by the 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 um Blast, you know the yeah. force from the explosions of that yeah. there's like different parts of this story and wherever you capture it could have better impact on what you're trying to say versus other parts like towards the beginning of the action maybe it's not as effective but maybe right in the middle it's more or maybe just after the middle or maybe towards the end it depends on what your goal is there isn't a one size fits all type of answer when it comes to demonstrating things in motion or a scene in motion that you've taken a snapshot of you have to kind of experiment with them, do doodles, drafts, depending on what you're using um, for a model. You may not have to, you may not be able to do the best part right off the get go, but you can draft up designs, draw pictures, other instances, lay things out to get a kind of feel for what has the biggest, you know. Yeah, impact. that's the shit I want to show. Yeah. I, I definitely try to hit the aesthetics. I like aesthetics. Yeah, aesthetics. It's all that's about a good presentation. Fucking word, bro. How'd they break that down? Like, what? why does that mean that? Fuck does an aesthetic mean? I don't know the phonetic of it. Like, <laughs> the prefix, the suffix, Some and all Latin that. bullshit. English language bullshit. Uh, okay, so, the, so phonetics of, of, of aesthetics. <laughs> uh, first word, ass. All right, so back in the day, Latin people, you know, the Latin folk, uh, they were looking at someone's behind. They were like, oh, ass Ooh. that that thick. Ooh. Oh, aesthetic. Where's the <laughs> thickness? Oh, wow. That ass. <laughs> oh, that's a, you are fully embracing the dad jokes. I appreciate this. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it is actually of Greek origin. And so it comes from uh, some word I'm not even going to bother pronouncing that is based on perceive, which then got modified to another word, which is perceivable things, which then got into another word, which then merged with German that became to relating to a perception by senses of the late 18th. So it originated from like, it's a perception. Then it became a pleasing perception when it entered into I like, the, I like my explanation, but uh, yeah. ass, well, asses ass are pleasing. Ass was thick. And you perceive the bigness <laughs> of said ass, thus increasing <laughs> its... It's it's pleasure, yeah. I know. I, I was actually, <laughs> I was actually going to say that, like, if, even if it weren't the word, we would still get that feeling. We would you know, know, like, yeah. like I like, I like what I see. Yeah, it's ingrained this, in um, us. There's a Japanese word for that. I got to try to. Which way? Hell, it was. It's, oh. I don't think it's <laughs> that's for Chinese. First of all, <laughs> it's Chinese man. Uh, I don't think that's the one cow. My bad. <laughs> I actually thought that was a Japanese term. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe it was at one point. So we talked about like 
in, in the sense of kind of solo figures, we didn't really go too much. I alluded somewhat to dioramas, but that's another thing too, in the totality of presentation. In fact, these guys have experienced some of the uh, brainstorming I've recently been doing with my Cerulean project where um, some of the things I've learned as of late from people way more experienced than I is when creating a scene in a diorama, size is important. And I'm not saying make it as large as fucking possible. Actually make it as small as possible while over not having over details and not too much details to then flood the fucking piece. Like essentially you actually want to go smaller than what you think is what I've come to find out. And I've dabbled more in it and I'm starting to see some value in that statement that limiting the scale of what's going on and just having just enough details in there to really drive what you're doing really gets the point across a lot better than if you have like a, a two by two square with a shit fucking bunch of things going on and like, Oh my God, it's a war zine. You know, as cool as that sounds, there's too much going on. It's too big of an area to really draw your attention and drive home what's going on. You can take that battle scene, limit it to like two robots or whatever your two soldiers drink is be drop that two by two square down to a one inch by one inch square and get the, a better impact. You know, downscaling your size of your diorama and really driving home what's going on was something I've recently picked up from listening to the Spur Cutters guys, some Uncle Nightshade, Martin, um, and a couple other guests they had. Yeah, Night Night Shift, not Nightshade, yeah, Night Shift. Um, Night talked about this and it really like drove home. I was like, oh, you know, I've always gotten a little bit too big. And so I'm currently working on the Cerulean project and it's Unit 2 stabbing mm-hmm. mark 13 from the, the movie 3.0 plus one twice upon a time um and there was two poses i wanted to do one with him Hold standing on. about to plunge the cross go ahead Kyle, i'm just gonna interrupt you real quick did you just speak to us in like some cursive three plus two plus, <laughs> plus one, at this plus one I, I understood it but that's a time it's because i'm on the east We're coast and movie. I listen to all my podcasts on 1.3 or whatever it yeah, is. He's, so he's got shit to do. He's in a hurry. Fast enough for me to be able to be okay with it. The point I'm up, getting at is so shit. essentially what's going on in this scene is one robot's trying to stab a, a crucifix into another stab robot that's on a cross. Him. You know, it's, it's like a direct stab scene. Him. Yeah, it's time to stab him. And I was like, well, do I want him like in mid motion where he's got to kneel down? He's really driving it down. Or do I want him standing up and beginning to, you know, set up the plunge, you know? Um, and I went to those two uh, demonstrations. I showed the guys. I'm like, hey, here's my two options. I'm really like finding it tough to, because verticality is some of the, things you can use to when you have a small diorama building up rather than out can be much more effective approach to really adding more to your scene than uh, it's, it's not always clear science but you, you always have to think okay if i have a small footprint i can build this in well then maybe if i have them standing i can get more going on and you can show more and all this but then the scene was no longer dynamic you know, and that was something that a lot of the guys agreed on. And after talking about it, I was like, oh, you're right. I like the better when she's about to like, it's about to make contact. And it, it, the positioning and, the you know, how the robot is looking really drives home. Like this is, there's a lot of force behind this impalement that's about to happen. And you're like, oh, it's like just about, like you're, you're edging the fuck out of everybody. Cause it's like, it's about to happen, but it hasn't happened. You're like, oh, and you don't know how it's going to play out. And it's, it leaves a lot of room for, and so those are like some of the things where, you have to be understanding of how you're restricting yourself, but also what's the best approach to like showing the whole story and all that shit. I think we're mm-hmm. kind of going down repeat a road, but mm-hmm. yes, things to consider. I mean, you guys have had some experience with dioramas. So you, mentioned, your- you mentioned the small footprint. Yeah. So I uh, I think it was the last time. Yeah. The last time I participated in OMC when I as a, you know, a com- competitor participant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, I said participated, but you know, I participate as a host now, so I'm still participating. <laughs> just like you know, that's how it is. So, uh, but last time I did, I made um, a very tall robot on a very smallish base, mm-hmm. and I feel like the way that I had that laid out kind of didn't help it because, mm-hmm. for one, it made it incredibly hard to film photograph. Um, but yeah. you know, I kind of went to the tens. So my base is 
say it's approximately six inches square, which is not true. It's mm -hmm. a different shape than that, but it fits it within a six inches square. Overall, the whole piece is about 17 or 18 inches tall. So it is very, very, very alloy. tall compared to the amount of width that it is, which makes inherently, you know, hard to photograph and hard to show and awkward to display and, you know, mm. mistakes were made, but you don't know until you try. Like I get what you're saying and I kind of was going for that, but I went yeah. it's, a it's little a little, too it's a, far. A ratio you have to maintain. It's not a clear science where it's like, yeah, have this footprint and have it this tall and you're golden. It all depends on what you're trying to show. Like if there's a building mm -hmm. structure, maybe you have to have some more height, but realistically the piece that you're focusing on is maybe half of that size of the total building structure and you're only showing maybe a quarter of the building not the whole detailed part of the building like it's, there is a um I don't know, give and take about it too how much do you show of one thing versus another thing and how large the footprint it all plays into it but um basically the takeaway from that is less can be more if you focus on the important stuff like you don't need a super detailed background. That's not the important thing. That's not what you're driving people's attention to. Maybe it's a, right. a solo, you know, a little girl with a red balloon walking down, you know, a street, a cobblestone street. You don't need a Victorian era building decked to the nines as a background. That's, you know, essentially the background is you're focusing on a little girl with a red balloon. You just need to show that she's on a cobble path and maybe show some of the rough idea of a building and she's walking down but it doesn't have to be the most detailed thing on there it's taking away the 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 topic of what it is i was gonna say this talk is making me think about how uh paint and use of different lighting techniques when you're painting could pay into your presentation and even how you may want to pose or work with your poses that's true yeah, yeah. Babs. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so I wanted I wanted to go because you know all the stuff we've been talking about is great. I I agree with a lot of it, but why don't we start at the most basic of basics? Like, let's talk like um, let's talk resources or let's talk. You know, how do you even start? Mm. Like, you know, there are people out there who like to take photos in a dark room with their flash on their oh cell phones turned on like Jesus what you know like, go for the basic of basics like let's sure start thing. from the beginning wait hold and, on are we are we doing a photography <laughs> breakthrough or are we doing <laughs> no, no, no. Presentation, presentation, man. i'm talking about resources just just resource okay. and then basic of basics it doesn't have gotcha. to be photography it could be you know a lesson in posing or a lesson in in um what's the word for it uh presentation uh, scene setup you know like you can okay, be yes, whatever yeah. you guys think is like the the absolute basic of what someone should know to be able to start. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I I say start off if you're trying to present your stuff on the internet in photograph form. You want a a solid background behind your model, and I prefer to go for a lighter color because I know that that works well for people that want to put that shit in books. But uh, and it also works for me for the way that I build my separation and stuff. Some people like mm -hmm. dark backgrounds. But photographing, in my opinion, on a darker background requires a higher level of skill and a better use of lighting. So I can kind of get away on my end using a white background and having subpar lighting at times to mm. still get a good quality photograph. Yeah, it's good shit. That isn't really anything about setting up a scene. That's just like background, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's part of it. It is 100% a part of it. Yeah. And yeah. making sure your shit's focused. Like if you yeah. look at your, like I say, you can instantly look at your stuff with your camera, zoom in, look at it, <laughs> zoom in at it. And if you zoom in and it looks blurry, then you need to maybe clean the lens on the camera a little bit or work on um, your, if you, depending on the settings you're using in your, your, your camera application mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, or if you're using a, a fancy camera or something, mm -hmm. you could always reference Chris Pabs is uh, photographing your model kit specials on his YouTube mm -hmm. channel. Yeah. They're fantastic. I mean, no, outside of that, I mean, even like if you guys watch any of Zacharias's um, videos uh, during a competition or um, post competition, mm -hmm. 
uh he does like really like even not even photography basics but just basics of of you know what kind of photos you should send to him for a competition um you know take the competition part of that aside it's it's him telling you how things could be presented in a way that is super basic but yet um amplifies the amount of work that you've done to to your build you know mm. say if you, you do you not you don't have a lighting setup take it outside don't have uh don't have a good camera use your phone but just make sure you have a decent amount of light like it's like just really really basic stuff like composition you know make sure your 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 kit is in the middle of the the, the photo you know you're not super zoomed in um just stuff like that like really you know basement level stuff um that's as simple as it is. It's super helpful because it doesn't. It's it's stuff that you you don't think about until you're like, oh yeah, maybe I should do that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the beauty of it. You know, the simplicity is there's, there's just there's something very um, uh, poetic about it. If yeah. okay, for a lack of a better term, um, just don't yeah, don't forget that stuff. I say this is an odd one. Invest in a oh, it would be like a. A four by six plexiglass base. You can buy one and use it for multiple kits. Not, not at the same time, obviously, but as like, let's say you got one kit and you want to take it to the competition and another competition, you want to bring a different kit. Um, it's a nice base and it gives you a nice place to work in. Like, let's say you're building Gumpla uh, and you want to like, okay, give yourself a limited room to pose in without over like, how much of a split do I give this bad boy for my A? pose a four by six base will actually give you a nice like perimeter to play in where you're gonna know what's too much and what's too little like if you got too much space between the foot the outer foot and then the edge of the base maybe mm. the feet are too close if you've got too little space and the space is greater in between the feet maybe the the gap is too big and it kind of it gives you a nice little platform to play on where you know what's uh like your eyes so something i learned in art class once that as human beings, we naturally know how to find center of something. It may not be dead center, but it's approximate center. And it's because we know the size of the table, the dimension of the table, and we can work on finding it. Um, again, by having a restricted four by six base, you can find what is proportionately correct on feet placement so it looks good. And then the rest of it just kind of comes together, not automated, but it like starts to flow off of that Um you know, constraint, you know, these are the feed places, looks good. And then the rest of it, the, the kit can work off of that as well. Um, that's always a good base. Like a lot of people use that as a basic base for building, like in terms of like, that's the base they use to really highlight the kit and drive home all the work they do because it's clean. It looks nice. But also one thing people don't talk about is it actually builds you a nice perimeter to play in. And almost by default, you will set the spacing of the feet in a nice spot and not even realize that you've done it that way. It's kind of a Talking weird about master grades, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, your brain is doing the work without you realizing what it's doing kind of thing because of how things are laid out. You're just going to do it by default because of just how we are as humans. Um, that's always, I, it's weird. It's a weird item, but I think that's a good item to, to like invest in. Uh, what was that? Julio? I'm not a human person. You are an AI programmed uh, human person. Yeah. I'm just pixels. <laughs> I live in Zeros the and pixels. Ones. Uh, I can't wait to get in the flesh. Fantastic. He's a flesh bender? Flesh bender. Whoa. That's a uh, shiny, fleshy we ass. Full fucking circle back <laughs> to Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pull up your brain to the blue people. Yeah. The Navi. Fuck. Fucking flesh benders. Weird. Sounds like a porno. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know if I want to watch it. It sounds. Oh, it sounds kind of gruesome. Yeah, it sounds like <clears throat> horror porno. It's a Rob Zombie porno. Yeah, I'd watch that shit. House yeah, of a Thousand are, Pornos. Guys are. <laughs> guys are incorrigible. Yeah, it's the best way to say that. I think. Do you think that we've covered the full spectrum of presentation? No, that's just I don't a know. iceberg. Nah, it really is. I just mean, we haven't tip. even talked about photography in its great sense. Like, yeah, you can pose a kiss, but can you take a picture of the pose kit? Because that's no. really what's going to drive it home. It's a complete you can't the take circle. No pictures. 
you know, it's, I see some horrible pictures out there. Just yeah, I'm not that good. There some questionable <laughs> imagery. Questionable very, very imagery. <laughs> There's nothing worse than seeing a good build that has been photographed, like, not well. Or like, you know. I'm sorry, Brian. Say all the, all the fucking. <laughs> so that, like say all the all the boxes are checked on the model, but like for whatever reason, the builder really likes to take that dark photo. Like they just want the you know the dark background and the dark paints and the dark tones, and all you can kind of see is nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me want to look more at an image if I see yeah. something like that now, even if it is like fairly well done. You know, just like black on black on black, or gray on gray on gray, or brown on brown on brown, or whatever the fuck it might it's be, all washed out. Yeah, it doesn't, and it doesn't inspire, um, you know, that like spark that makes me want to like look more at the model or look more mm. into, you know, what's going on or whatever. I'm not saying that my opinion fucking matters to anyone but myself, but you know, as a geek on the street kind of commentary on it, shit matters. Uh, I like to think your your level of what is aesthetically pleasing is not any greater than your average modeler. So if you're not enjoying it, odds are other people aren't enjoying either. And that's a shame because you do such hard work and you put it on the internet because you want people to see it. And if exactly. people aren't even taking the time to see it just because you didn't really go that, that's, that seems like a missed opportunity. So just like food for thought for everybody then. Sure. I like when my brain eats the thoughts. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Yeah, I really, I really say like, some advice from Julio deep down inside. If you really want to take a good picture, don't <laughs> do what feels right. Cause you're going to, you're going to force it, you know, like mm. you can take pictures of shit and be like, Oh, that looks, that feels good. But if you're for, I need it to look like this. I want it to look like that. And you're just not getting it. You're just not getting it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Especially if you don't know how to do it. Mm. Fucking wild. So what do you do then? Do you just put the kit on the shelf and walk away or do you? I mean, you keep trying. You keep taking pictures. Yeah. But like try to learn more, I guess I would say. Go in well, informed. Yeah. I suppose that kind of ties back into what we used to do with Criticwall. You know, yeah. Giving critiques and, and the criticism. And then a lot of other podcasts have talked about criticism and we've talked about it as well. How to talk about to each other about our builds. Mm. And and all that jam, but um, yeah, it's about being able to give good criticism and being able to take good criticism. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. oh yeah, like the magic take. word criticism. Mm-hmm. Learning you how know, to do that shit. The one thing I will say that is a counter argument to the current system for criticism, and it's not even a criticism to criticism, it's the fact that sounds like one. the. The disconnect of physical <clears throat> learning, so I say like learning within a physical, like we're together in a room, is missing. Because I feel like that disconnect of not being in the same room and getting hands-on experience limits how the criticism can be effectively driven to the person that needs to receive it. And it's like, same like when Paz was doing the, the instructional video, it was Julie and I were taking pictures. And he was heavily limited on fully seeing because I bet you if you were in the same room as us, you would have been able to easily up oh, now do this, do that. And we would have been like, bam, 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 this is things we need to adjust. We wouldn't have to be like 21 questions, try to see what we're looking at, where are the lights at, what are the functions on the camera, and only still be missing one more step that you're not thinking about because you're not there in the room, in the environment, picking up like the whole ions and protons of what's going on. Like, I feel I like- think that- Go I was going to say, I think that I'm just going to say, interrupt you real quick, Kyle, and say that I think that mm-hmm. taking that approach, though, having the disability of, uh, of sight, direct contact, mm-hmm. and being able to do the hands on, it helps you guys learn and just test Chris's sure, patience. We have to figure it out. Yeah. But yeah. then it helps you guys that learn more than mm-hmm. for someone, you know, it's that whole teach a man to fish fucking thing. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. But sometimes, mm-hmm. like, because like I know my my experience, I can't speak to Julio on this one, but like I know enough to be dangerous, but there's always so much I don't know. And because I don't know it, because I'm not a very imaginative person, I don't even know it exists. It's not even a, like a, a 
a guess in my head that's a possible. That was the issue I had when doing um, some of the mathematical classes we had to do for structural engineering was the teacher would teach us the basic fundamental. I'd understand it. I'd be able to replicate it. I knew it. And then he would show us this advanced shit. And I'm like, hold on. What the fuck? I can do that with this math? I wasn't I, like you took. 10 steps forward into a whole new, like, oh, now you have to show your mastery mastery of this, these calculations. Here, I'm going to show you something of an advanced level. And I was like, hold on, we just bridged a gap I didn't fundamentally know existed. How the fuck was I supposed to represent? Like, I can do the basic math. I can rewrite the equation 10 ways to none, but I didn't know I could then divide it, the equation by itself. And then, bam, now I can solve that problem. It's like, hold on, we just bridged a gap I can't figure out. And I feel like that's where that difficulty lies where yeah teach a man to fish is more effective than just giving him a fish but sometimes not everyone can bridge that misunderstanding or that lack of knowledge based on the limited knowledge they do have because think pabs can reconfigure and figure out a system because he has not just fundamental understanding but advanced setting he has a lot of experience with photography where you know all that experience can he can then figure out oh this is a different camera but i know enough to be like extremely dangerous where just because I haven't worked with this platform doesn't mean I can't figure this shit out, you know, and bridge the gaps and, you know, come up with a solution. Well, me, I don't fucking care what camera you give me. I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't, I don't ever know what I'm doing. <laughs> ever. Just you literally weird. said through the, the tutorial classes with Chris Julio. How can you not? He's really, he's really selling those classes. Uh, yeah. I, I swear I'm a better okay. photographer because of him. I swear. I learned a ton of shit and I was just in the chat. <laughs> uh, the, thing, the thing that people don't realize is nobody ever starts out being good at something. It's, not, it's, it's a very rare occurrence where somebody picks something up and immediately is good at it and knows everything about it, has every resource available to him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Nobody, there is not a single person in this world, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand by that, um, where they wanted to try something, picked it up, and was immediately good at it. You guys didn't pick up a, a kit and put it together, and it was the perfect kit imaginable, right? It didn't have the perfect um, edging. It didn't clean up knobs properly, whatever, you know? Nobody's ever, nobody ever thinks about that, and I think I think we should. Um, if you are worried about picking something up and it not being good the first time, everybody's gone through that. And which, and I think that's why I've been, um, I've been so uh, what's the word for it, motivated <laughs> to teach um, when it comes to photographies and stuff because I I started there. I started not being very good at it. You know, the blurry photos, out of focus, um, not the right equipment, not the right setting, not the right blah, blah, blah. And I had to learn and I had to, to develop and I go, okay, well, okay. So if I, if this guy is doing this, how do I adapt this to make it what, how I want it to work? And you, and then you just start to move forward and you start to take baby steps and then you start walking and then you start running. Everybody has to start somewhere. Yeah. And I can throw resources and lessons at you until I am blue in the face, but unless you are willing to start from the first step, from, from step one, from the basic of basics, which is why I brought it up earlier, you are never going to get anywhere. You just have to be willing to accept and, and grow because it's not going to get you anywhere if you don't. Ah, oh, damn. Julio, yeah. perhaps just told us to get good. Yeah, sure up. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say to get good. I said to start, and you guys started. And That's true. whether or not you took you took any away from, anything away from that that photography thing that we did a couple of years, oh God, two years ago, we should yeah. do it again. Yeah, well, I, 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 I might yeah. have forgotten some of a while stuff. ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, whether or not you guys back. took any away, anything away from that, yeah. yeah. This, yeah, whether or not you guys took anything away from that, um, doesn't matter. It doesn't. It what matters is you guys took the first step, and that is willing to, to try it to learn to Straight. willing to to see if there's something different from what i'm doing from what you guys are doing but you mm. know and same with brian the fact that this this stuff is alien to him doesn't matter he took the first step and wanted to see what what it was that's different to what he's doing see where where what's what's missing where's the where's the ingredient x to make the powerpuff girls or whatever you know like mm -hmm. 
find that thing and 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 to motivate yourself to to continue to improve to to get the results you want because that doesn't come easy and it only comes if you move forward if you don't then yeah you're stuck taking photos in the dark room with your cell phone camera and the flash on with a shitty pose <laughs> with yeah. a shitty pose you started it keep going so just keep going. Yeah, just move forward. Take the first take the absolute first step. And this I'm not that's I'm I'm not saying I'm not promoting for the photography lessons because again, that was never the point. There was no there was no monetary value. No, there's no money in, in it. No, no, there was, was no money the, in it. We just wanted yeah, to do it. Was it. Just like class. Yeah. it was just like, yeah, it was help sessions yeah. more than it was classes, and, I will say. And again, it's why I also talked about resources. You know, Zach Aurelius, um, you know, uh, yeah. Mother's G. Um, uh, the stuff that know. Justin and Joel used to do. Yeah, um, the they community used to do stuff, like some, community spotlight. Yeah. The stuff like that, uh, invaluable. Like, mm. worth its weight in gold. Wait, those are two different things. Um, but just checking those out, man. Just checking out, yeah. like, the VODs of those have, has, has, has been... no value, but also... Worth, worth it's 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 they, they are really... Um, they were really helpful. I remember um, submitting a couple of builds to their community spotlight thing and the stuff that they had said and what they talked about motivated me to do better and, and Same. To get more results and get yep. stuff done. And I mean, you know, if we can be that to anybody, that would make the hours upon hours of, of making this podcast or doing another photography thing or whatever it is, one of the resource critical builds, anything. It'll be, it'll be it'll be worth it, and uh, mm. yeah, I think it's it's why we we do this and and why I I don't sleep. So, so you're telling me we're doing a photography lesson part deuce. <laughs> this is actually deuce. part three, right? Part three, oh, part yeah. three. Yeah. third part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I, I, I do I do want to tackle another another one of those, but I kind of want to bring in like a someone who is both good at it and someone who wants to learn to, to do it. You know what I mean? Like um, if I, for example, let's get Ryan Lau on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So we can talk, he can talk about styles and all that stuff, you know, go back and forth and then have several other people like say Miguel or you, uh, you guys mm-hmm. um, to kind of do a live lesson again, kind of, you know, kind of picking up on those styles. My pictures have become blurry and I can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. Have you tried to focus your lens? I did. I, I used the peaking because I, so I have manual lenses. They were cheaper to buy. Um, and I used the peaking function to set that because I can't just auto. And everything looked like it was focusing. I had it right um, F, F-stop too because obviously that's going to play with your um, shit. What's the word I want? Abs, help me. Yeah. When, when you use a higher F-stop, you get more. Uh, you can see more. <sighs> I'll tell you what you get, Kyle. You get another episode down the road. The focal point changes. The lower the f stop, the more blurry things come because the, uh, that like circle of focus shrinks. Yeah. You're thinking of your you're, you're thinking of your depth of field and your, your there you go your, depth your, of field. Yeah, because yeah. I know f stop plays into where your 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 things are focusing. Like how much can anyway, you focus? this isn't this isn't the photography <laughs> episode. Not the episode for this. Yeah, doing hand stuff. <laughs> the circle things. You know, only if you guys could visually see what I was trying to demonstrate to these guys to get for, for, for my for my ASL friends. Um, essentially, Kyle is doing the sign language from milk, but he's turned it ninety degrees. So I don't know what that means. This is, uh, help. Yeah, this is this help. is this is milk. This is milk. milk. This is something else. I don't know what this Squeeze is. Well. I got a poop. Yeah. I got a poop. My sphincter's getting tight. I got a poop. God, wow. Anyone do this? It's diarrhea. I got a poop. Yeah, I was watching well. a bear, and I know that this means I'm sorry now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when you do the cross, I love you. <laughs> Fucking, uh, you ready to end this shit, fellas? Yeah. Oh, please, yes. Yeah? No more talking about presentations? Put me no, out of my no misery. No talking about poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poop language. Um, all right, here we go. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. If you would like to contact us at any point, you can hit us all up on our socials or on uh, Built Sideways Podcast at gmail.com. 
I'd like to thank USA Gundam Store for these mics. They're fucking dope. And what am I missing? Oh, patrons. the patrons. The patrons. Yes. You guys are awesome. Give me $5. <laughs> I'm going to send you stuff. Podcast consortium. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What else? The uh, skillmodelpodcasts.com. Yeah. Skillmodelpodcasts.com. Consortium website. Bunch of other model podcasts like ours. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything else? What am I missing? Uh, 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 you good? I'm, I'm good. Good Are shit. Good? So if you put horns on it, it means bullshit. I remember that. <laughs> That's actually. <laughs> oh my god! Don't forget to build it sideways. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.